What do you worry about? When you worry, what is the focus of your worry? What keeps you awake at, at night? Uh, to, to worry is it's a, it's a universal human experience. We, we all worry to one degree or another. Some of us worry more than others because of our maybe personalities or past experiences. Uh, or maybe a specific time in our life we have a lot in reality to, to, to worry about. But what is it when you worry? What is it that's the focus of your, of your worry? You know, so today we are continuing the sermon series we kicked off last week entitled Peace of Mind. Uh, and we're focusing on, on mental health. It's a huge issue in our nation and society, and Christians were not immune to that. Uh, and last week we looked at the top of, topic of anxiety, and today it's worry. And you might be thinking, well, Doug, aren't anxiety and worry pretty much the same thing? Uh, well, th- they are linked, but I'd like to, to make a distinction. Uh, anxiety is usually experienced in our bodies. We get tight, we get tense, it's systemic. Uh, worry is, is in our minds, and it's much more specific. We worry about specific things, our, our marriage, our kids, our health, our finances, our, our future, our aging parents, whatever it might be. Worry tends to be uh, more specific. They're linked, but they're, but they're separate, worry and anxiety. Like, for example, you could be worried about being late for a meeting. You don't want to be embarrassed. You want to make a good impression. Um, uh, but if you have to give a speech or, or a presentation, and it's critical, and, and you, you get very worked up and uncomfortable giving speeches in front of people, well, that can, that's more like anxiety. Uh, and you might be saying, well, I can see how anxiety is a mental health issue, Doug, but worrying, we all tend to worry. And what does is, what is worrying really hurt? Well, unchecked worrying, obsessive worrying can harm relationships, it can lead to negative thoughts and patterns, and it can steal us, rob us of joy. So how should we respond to worry? How do we handle worry? Because we're all going to do it at times. And what does the Lord specifically say about worry? Well, Jesus spoke about worry toward the end of his uh, longest recorded sermon. We just heard a portion of it. Uh, and in the part that was just read, Jesus tells us, don't worry, which you know, when somebody tells you don't worry and you just pour out your heart to them, they say don't worry about it. Not always really helpful, is it? Well, so why does Jesus say don't worry? We're going to get into that. And how do we do that? But so Jesus here, after he says don't worry, he gets very specific. and He lists most of the major things that we as human beings tend to worry about. So let's pick it up again in verse six, the passage that was just read. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. Now, be Before we move to the specifics of what Jesus tells us not to worry about, let's deal with the therefore. Whenever you find a therefore in passage, it's it's good to stop and pay attention to what precedes that because they're linked. It helps us better understand what we're being asked to do in response to what's come before or what to believe in response to what's come before. And so let's do a quick recap of Jesus' sermon to to this point. He begins his sermon with the Beatitudes in chapter 5. He challenges us as believers to, to point people to him by how we live our lives. You know, be salt, be light. He, um, he, he tells us that we need to deal with our anger and forgive those who have hurt us. He tells us to love our enemies, to keep our word, to keep our marriage vows, not only in actions, but also in our thoughts. And then the first part of chapter 6, in the first 18 verses, he deals with our, 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 our religious activity. He says when we give 
or when we pray or when we fast, not to do it in a way that draws attention to ourselves. In other words, check your motives, seek to please God, not to impress people. And then, right before he gets to chapter 6, he gets really personal. Maybe the most personal subject for a lot of us, he talks about, about money, about you know, possessions, about amassing uh, wealth. Because for people back then, just like people today, that's where we tend to find our security in regard to the future. It's in our finances, the size of the 401k or the value of our property, uh, our annual income, the value of our business, whatever. And Jesus says to be more concerned about building spiritual treasure than in amassing material treasure in this world. And then right before the therefore, he says this. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And then comes the therefore. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. So, so what's the connection? Well, when you are a servant to a master, you do his or her bidding. You, you trust your life to them. You place your trust, your security in them. You, you, give, you give them the, the, your loyalty. Jesus is saying you can't have split loyalty when it comes to following me. You are to serve me. You are to trust me to find your security in your relationship with me. No split loyalty. And, and where does worry come into play? Well, what we worry about, what we expend emotional energy on, reveals what's most important to us at that moment. When we worry, it reveals the areas where we have yet to fully trust God. It reveals where we have split loyalties. Therefore, Jesus says, don't worry about the following things. He says, don't worry about your life, what you eat, what you drink, about your body, about what you're going to wear. And then he uses an example from nature. Verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or sow away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. In other words, whatever you're worrying about, God's got this. God's got this because of your value to him. He says, are you not much more valuable than these, these sparrows, these birds of the air? God's got this. God's got you. You know, in our office, uh, we have a corner room and uh, we'll sometimes meet in there. Uh, and, and sometimes the meetings will involve meeting with people who are going through difficult things, uh, tough things, things that can be a real burden. Maybe a divorce or struggling marriage, worries about their kids, uh, grief surrounding a loss serious health issues. And on one of the walls are three photographs of sparrows with these words of Jesus from just a few chapters later in, in Matthew 10, where Jesus says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. In other words, whatever your burden is, whatever your worry, whatever your pain, God's got this. He's got you. Now, 
please hear me, I'm not in any way trying to diminish or, or, or downplay the difficulties that people face. I and my family, we've had our share, just as all of you have had, I'm sure. But what I'm trying to say, and what I think Jesus is trying to say here, is not to obsess about these things to the point where your focus is on your worries at the expense of your joy and your peace and your relationship with Jesus. If he cares for the sparrow, Jesus says, how much more will he care for you? Besides, Jesus adds, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to their life? In a nutshell, worry is not productive. It doesn't add anything to our lives. In fact, it subtracts from our lives. We spend precious time and energy worrying about this or that that could or maybe might possibly happen. Uh, things about over which we have relatively no, if any, control. And so Jesus says, don't worry about temporal things. Concern yourself with eternal things. Don't worry about your body, for example, and your health. Don't obsess about it. Take care of yourself. Yeah, eat right, drink right, exercise, get sleep. I mean, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, after all. But the body is temporal. Our souls are eternal. Be more focused, Jesus says, on your spiritual life. Those are the things that you should be more focused on. Don't worry so much about things that are not going to last beyond this life. And then Jesus turns to a nature again to make a point. Verse 28. Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? You know, one of the things that, one of the many things that strengthens my, my, my belief in God is the existence of beauty in, in nature. You know, in a lot of cases, there's, there's no reason for beauty to exist as a result of, you know, random mutation and natural selection and all that stuff. Uh, much of beauty in nature has no use for survival and flourishing, and yet it exists. It's as if God is just kind of showing off. If he's just, it's as if he's just blessing us with the beauty of flowers or trees or whatever. Jesus says, if your heavenly father cares enough for his creation, for flowers, just to kind of make them beautiful for no practical purpose or trees or whatever it might be. If he cares for them enough to color and shape them in temporal beauty here today, gone tomorrow. How much more will he care for you who are created for eternity? You who are created in his image. You for whom Jesus would die. So don't worry, Jesus says, about these things. Worrying, ongoing worry reveals that we, we don't trust God to care for us. Verse 32. For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I like what uh, Irma Bombeck, the humorous writer, says about worry. She says, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but never gets you anywhere. I like that. It's true. We pace, we fret. We come up with all these worst case scenarios 
that could happen. But does it get us anywhere? Worrying does not, does not take away tomorrow's troubles. It steals today's peace and joy. Because again, there are many things over which we have absolutely no ability to affect the outcome. Don't let worrying about them steal your joy and your peace and your, your, relation, or your focus on the Lord. Now, now, granted, there are some things that we have some ability to affect to some degree. Our responses to other people, our, our attitude, to a degree sometimes our health. And in those cases, our worries should lead us to action, which is the difference between concern and, and worry. Concern focuses on challenges. It moves us to act. Worry focuses on what's beyond our control and results in inaction. It's stewing without doing anything. Which is probably why Jesus then added, can any of you add a single hour to your life by worrying? Can you, any of you think of a, a single time in your life where worrying made things better? Concern that leads to action can improve things, but worry, it's unproductive. And sometimes it makes it worse. Um, Nancy, my wife, just replaced one of our garden hoses. It's the one she uses to, you know, to water the flowers and vegetables, a lot of the, the annuals that she puts in every year. Um, it was still functioning, but it developed a leak and it was slowly getting worse. Worries like that. Worry can affect us like that. We can still function, go to work, be involved in family, school, whatever. But when we worry, we, we begin to leak. We leak positivity. We leak joy. We, we leak peace. Now, I've got to confess that, that they're about the, what I worry about the most. Maybe, this, maybe you can relate. I worry about the people that, I, that are closest to me. I worry about my loved ones. Um, I don't worry a lot, but I do that. I want the best for them. I want them to flourish. I want them you know, to, 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 to progress and to have a good life and to, and to grow and develop into everything God wants them to be. And, uh, and, and sometimes my worrying is compounded by the fact I'm a pastor. That sounds kind of counterintuitive. Um, I've seen a lot of wonderful, inspiring things happen in the lives of people, but I've also seen a lot of hard, difficult things happen in the lives of people. And I can get caught up in worrying about some of those things possibly happening to the people closest to me. What good does it do me? What good does it do them? Concern leads to action, but there are certain things outside of my control. And that's, that's when I need to, to pray and to, and to love and leave the rest up to, leave it up to God, our Heavenly Father who cares for us. So what is it that you worry about most? Is it your family? Your finances? Is it your future? Your, your health? The state of the world? Whatever it is, God's got it. God's got you. Let's conclude now. In verse 33, Jesus states, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So when you find yourself worried, Seek. Seek his presence in prayer. Seek his truth and wisdom and guidance in his word. Seek to demonstrate his love. Seek to do his justice. Seek to walk in his spirit. Seek God first. 
Seek him. Whatever causes you to worry, seek him. Take it to him. And then leave it with him, the one who can do something, ultimately. There was a study done at Penn State about worry, and they asked the subjects of the study to write down in a journal the things that they worried about. And then they were to record how many of those fears and worries came to pass in the next 30 days. 91% of the things they worried about didn't come true. Less than 10% of what worried them happened. But worry will rob us of joy and peace 100% of the time. Don't worry about tomorrow, Jesus said. For tomorrow has enough trouble on its own. So there are three practical ways to look at worries. First, may never happen. Most likely won't. Most of what we worry about does not come to fruition. Just causes us to stew. Second, if it does happen, it probably isn't going to be as bad as we imagined. You worry, you worry, you have these worst case scenarios and and often the, the scenario we have in our mind isn't as bad as actual events. Or third, what we worry about could happen. Sometimes it does happen. And God can and will carry you through it. He promises to do so. And it's in the worst things. I've seen this personally. I've seen it in the lives of people. It's in the worst things where we can often experience the peace and presence of God in the most powerful ways. Because no matter what you face, God has got it covered. He's got you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's with you and he's for you. He'll strengthen and comfort and guide you. Whatever it is, God's got it. Worry about the future, you're in his hands. Worry about your kids, he loves them more than you do. Worry about your finances, God will provide what you need. Worry about your relationship with God himself. Nothing will separate you from the love that God has for you in Christ Jesus. Whatever it is, God's got it. And God's got you. So when you worry, don't obsess about the rest of the stuff. Seek God first. Do your part, yes. But leave it with your Heavenly Father. He's got it covered. And He's got you. Let's pray. Father, we, we uh, come before You and we, we thank You for Your Word. And we thank You for Your love and Your promises. We thank You that You are a God who cares for us. And, um, Lord, we, we, we confess that it's so easy at times to take our eyes off of you and, and trust in you and, and just to worry and stew about things that we have no ability ultimately to affect. Uh, Lord, help us, Father, to grow in our trust, to seek you first and foremost and leave the rest in your hands because Lord we know and we believe and we say that you've got it covered and you've got us in your hands in Jesus name Amen